Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to episode number 140 of the Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? This is Chris Tripodi, and I'm joined by Tony Pauline, as always. And on today's episode, we'll begin our 2020 conference previews by taking a look at the 2021 NFL Draft prospects from the MAC. Obviously, we don't know much about the upcoming college football season just yet, Tony, but the time has still come for us to take a look at what to expect. You know, scouting never ends, uh, you know, uh, although the 2020 draft is over, I mean, the, the scouting cycle for next year's draft has already begun. Scouts are already uh, talking about grades for players. You know, you, you have to be prepared, especially you better watch a lot of film in, in case there is a reduced season or potentially no season in some areas of the country or even in some lower level, level, lower divisions of the country. So it just, it just never ends. Yeah. And, you know, as, as Tony said, you know, there may be a little more reliance on the 2019 film uh, for next year's draft, depending how everything does shake out here. And, you know, speaking of 2019 film and, and this past April's draft was kind of a down draft year for the Mac. They only had two players drafted in April compared to, 2019's draft when the Mac had three players drafted just in the top 100 alone. Uh, those two players selected this year were Ball State offensive lineman Danny Pinter by the Colts in round five and Miami, Ohio kicker Sam Sloman by the Rams in round seven. So Tony, does 2021 look more like this past April or 2019? Somewhere in between. Right now on my board, all draft eligible players included, I don't have any top 100 picks. But I have five to six, seven players with draftable grades, the majority of them being seniors, as they usually are coming out of the MAC. So, uh, you know, there is, uh, there's a couple of players that we'll talk about where scouts I've sp- spoken with have differed. But right now, I'm looking at almost two to three times as many players coming from the MAC being drafted or selected in the draft in 2021. I just don't see any really early choices. Now, we talked about how it was kind of a down draft year for the MAC. It was also a down year for the first team we're going to discuss here, and that is the Akron Zips. They had an 0-12 season, winless in conference, obviously. They had kind of a rough decade as well in the draft, just two draft picks, and both of these guys were smaller, faster linebackers. Jadavis Brown in 2016 was drafted in the fifth round, and Ulysses, don't call me Grant Gilbert, as Tony likes to call him, in 2019 in the sixth round, the top. 2021 prospect for the Zips is also a run and chase type of linebacker. That's junior Michael Scott. Three starts in 2019, made 23 tackles. Fellow linebacker and senior Demarcus Glover had made four starts himself. Both of these guys should end up being full-time starters this coming season. Again, assuming it's played, replacing both John Laco and Josh Ward. If you look on the offensive side of the ball, senior quarterback Cato Nelson saw a lot of his numbers dip, his yards per attempt, his touchdowns, and, and really just his overall play when looking at 2019 compared to 2018. He's a good athlete, but not really a game-changing rusher in terms of production on the ground. Needs to improve his consistency as a passer as well to really have any shot at even being a priority free agent on most boards. And lastly, senior right tackle Landon Foreman will also help protect Nelson, and he's on NFL radars himself. Tony, break down the zips for us. Yeah, basically, there's only two guys to talk about as far as I'm concerned, and that's Michael Scott, who's got a great amount of upside, 
a solid athlete. He plays fast football, but he's got to take his game to, to another level, fourth year junior. So he'll get the opportunity this year and then likely move into his senior season of 2021 as a uh, draftable prospect. Right now I've got him as a, a, as a free agent, but he's got the upside potential. Cato Nelson, like you said, I mean, he really did not show much improvement in his game or at least the improvement that I hoped. I had him graded higher in 2019 than I have going into the 2020 season. Just a guy who he's all over the place, uh, very much a sandlot type of quarterback, more of a, a thrower than he is a passer, uh, a sandlot type of quarterback, guy that's got upside, average size, uh, decent uh, speed, uh, but really someone who's got to learn to be a good football player. Now moving on here to take a look at Ball State, who one-ups Akron with three draft picks over the past decade, one of those in the top 150, and that was the aforementioned Danny Pinter back in April. The Cardinals this season have two potential draft picks on defense. Senior linebacker Christian Albright, one of our highest-graded MAC players last season, still true this year. Career-high 10.5 tackles for loss last year. Last two seasons combined, he has nine sacks and six forced fumbles. Stands out in pursuit and as a blitzer as well. Junior cornerback Omeki Uzodama. Five interceptions and 12 pass breakups as a sophomore. So the ball skills are obvious. He also has decent size. Those numbers probably going to drop as opponents kind of learn to avoid him a bit more after his breakout sophomore season. But in terms of statistical production and his draft stock, well, there probably isn't too much of a correlation between the two. Yeah, if you watch the film, which I did a lot on Azunima, teams were purposely staying away from him. They were not throwing in his direction. They were actually throwing more towards Antonio Phillips who a lot of scouts feel could be drafted in the late rounds next year. Phillips goes 5'11 and a half, 185 pounds. Uh, doesn't run, play that fast. He probably plays in the mid four fives. Struggles making plays with his back to the ball, but he's got decent size. I've got Azumama graded much higher than Antonio Phillips. Uh, although I have him as a six-round pick, I usually like to be conservative with guys and, and kind of downgrade them a little bit unless they really knock me off the charts when they're underclassmen because I want to leave room for growth. Christian Albright is just about the same place where I had him a year ago in that six-round area. He's six one, two 230 pounds. He plays fast. He plays smart. He plays tough. Ironically, a lot of scouts who I talk to don't have him on the scouting radar, although he's been a real good player. Uh, for Ball State the past two years. Uh, and I can see Christian Albright being one of those guys who has a good senior year, gets an invitation to the Shrine game, and then hopefully we have pro day workouts in 2021, catches on as a potential late round pick. One last player I want to mention from the defensive side of the ball at Ball State, safety Bryce Cosby. 5'10", about 180 pounds, but he's tough. He plays fast, very good against the run and solid against the pass between the numbers. Now we'll take a look at Bowling Green here. And, and like Akron, Bowling Green had a rough 2019 campaign, 3-9 and nine overall. Also like Akron, two draft picks over the past 10 years, the highest being defensive tackle Chris Jones at number 198 back in 2013. And, and no, that's not Chris Jones, the chief star defensive tackle who's looking for a new contract right now. Um, looking at Bowling Green for this upcoming season, and maybe not Bowling Green because senior quarterback Grant Loy is currently in the transfer portal. His season in 2019 went much the way of the Falcons campaign as a whole did. It's six touchdowns compared to 11 interceptions, but good size, a good arm. Could be an interesting prospect depending where he lands, if he lands somewhere for 2020. His top target 
with senior tight end Quentin Morris, 55 catches for 649 yards and four touchdowns last year, caught seven touchdowns in 2018. More of a move tight end, was actually listed as a receiver in past years as well, but he can stretch the seam, career yards per catch of about 12. We won't see this duo connecting in 2020, Tony, but what do you make of their draft stocks? Yeah, I, I mean, Loy was a guy who really re- reminded me of James Morgan, uh, who the Jets selected in the fourth round, and we had on this podcast before the draft. He's well-built. He's got a decent arm. He plays smart football. And the problem is Bowling Green, there's there's like not there's not a lot of talent around him. I mean, Bowling Green has been a, a program that's really been down in the dumps. They showed some life last year. So it's interesting that Loy would uh, enter the transfer portal, and I haven't seen him pop up anywhere. So I don't know what's going to happen with him uh, in 2020. I hope he plays because as I said, at pro football network in my write-up for Bowling Green, I could absolutely see this guy making a James Morgan type of uh, move up up draft boards because he's got a good head. He's got a good arm. He's got the physical skills. Granted, you got to cut down on the interceptions, but I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that there's no weapons around him. And he, you know, the, the Bowling Green doesn't have a great offensive line. It'll be interesting to see where he ends up. Time is running out, and that's got to be a red flag. Quentin Morris, I know there are some scouts that I've spoken with say he, you know, he's, he's a street-free agent. I don't understand that. He goes about six foot three, 250 pounds. He plays in the four sevens. He's a terrific pass catcher. Like you said, he's more of a move tight end. He, he plays more like a, uh, a possession receiver in a tight end's body. Uh, very good, very adept at catching the ball in stride, adjusting to the air and throw. Uh, don't know that he's got the great amount of upside, but I could absolutely see him sliding into the late part of the, the draft next year, the way he plays and the way he catches the ball. Now we'll be back in just a moment to look at the rest of the Mac after this word from our sponsor. Great news. New York and New Jersey have approved the opening of NFL training camps and many states seem likely to follow. Yes, Chris, while you're waiting this out at home with us, you can still have fun betting with our partner, betonline.ag. The NBA and the NHL will soon be back with us. We don't know about Major League Baseball, but don't worry. Bet Online still has hundreds of games, events, and sports to wager on. As Tony mentioned, NASCAR is back. We have Madden and NBA 2K simulations, the UFC, as well as the online casino with poker and blackjack. And also be sure to check out the final dance, with roundtable interviews from ex-Chicago Bills Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, Craig Hodges, and Ron Harper as they discuss the Michael Jordan documentary in full. There is still fun to be had, so go to betonline.ag and use our promo code, MYPOD100, to receive your welcome bonus on the first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and use the promo code, MYPOD100. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Now, moving on here, we'll take a look at the Buffalo Bulls, who have had five players drafted the last 10 years, including one of the conference's three first-round picks in that time frame, that being Khalil Mack, fifth overall in 2014 to then Oakland Raiders. No draft pick since 2017, though, but there is one player for Buffalo that could break that drought, and that's senior right tackle Coyote Wasika. Might end up having to move to guard at the NFL level, but does show a bit of potential. Junior running back Jarrett Patterson had over 1,000 yards and 14 touchdowns each of the past two seasons, but he's 5'9", under 200 pounds, and he's not a burner, so it may be an uphill battle for him. Senior safety Tyrone Hill, 70 tackles, 10 pass breakups last season, along with senior pass rusher Malcolm Kuntz, who had nine sacks and forced three fumbles. Both of those guys obviously had productive 2020 seasons, 
but currently don't carry draftable grades. In the end, Tony, will it be four straight years without a draft pick for the Bulls? Yeah, I absolutely think uh, the Bulls will have a player drafted this year, and it's the first guy that you mentioned, Awusika, uh, the tackle, although I project him to guard because I think he's got more of a guard build. He's quick. He's explosive. I know that there are some scouts that like him as a potential day two selection. I really don't. I think he's more of a small area blocker and a small area guard, and those guys tend to go a little bit later. But I absolutely think that Awuska will be uh, selected in the draft. I like Tyrone Hill a lot, a lot more than scouts, I should say. He's a very good downhill between the numbers type of uh, safety, tough against the run, very good in zone coverage. Uh, Malcolm Kuntz, who you mentioned, solid pass rusher, just a matter of where he fits at the next level. Is he a smallish defensive end at six foot two, 245 pounds? Is he a slowish outside linebacker pass rush specialist who stands over tackle, who runs in the four eights? Uh, I, I think he's more of a specialist than a true three down player which is likely going to push him out of the draft. You mentioned Antonio Nunn, a solid uh, vertical threat. Keep an eye on Raekwon Thomas Ishman. He's a guy who was graded last year. We spoke about him uh, from UMass, got suspended from the UMass program, is not on the Buffalo roster, although there are reports that he's supposed to play at Buffalo this year. Another highly thought of offensive lineman, a guy who, was, came into last season graded as a potential late-round pick, plays tackle, projects to guard. Again, not on the Buffalo roster as of yet, but all the reports are he has transferred to Buffalo. So keep an eye on uh, Raquan Thomas-Ishman when the season begins. Now our next team, Central Michigan, won the MAC West at 6-2 and two in conference play last season, and the Chippewas have had six drafted players the past decade, including the number one overall pick in 2013, tackle Eric Fisher, who has started every season since for the reigning Super Bowl champ, Kansas City Chiefs. Now, Central Michigan may not add a seventh player to that list this year, but the top draft prospect on their roster, just a redshirt sophomore. Defensive end Laquan Johnson, 13 tackles for loss, six sacks last year, an explosive rusher off the edge, and certainly has some time on his side to add some weight to his frame. Senior tight end Tony Poljan is an interesting prospect. Former quarterback, last season was his first at tight end, 33 catches for 496 yards and four touchdowns. Really great height as well. And a guy who, with some extra experience, could see another leap in 2020. You know, uh, Johnson is a guy a lot like Malcolm Kuntz of Buffalo, who I just spoke about. Average size for a defensive end, not the greatest speed, but someone who showed himself to really be a, a, a natural pass rusher. Someone who makes a lot of plays behind the line of scrimmage. As you said, you know, let's see some room for growth. Let's see him grow physically. Let's see him grow on the field. If he does, I presently grade him as a six-round pick. I think he's someone that could move into the middle rounds. Uh, Poljan, the tight end, is a player that some scouts feel could be a middle-round choice. He looks like a power forward out on the football field. The problem is, is you know, it doesn't show consistent production on the field, and he doesn't. He shows himself to be a better athlete than he is a football player at this point in time, which is what. I have him as a free agent. Devonnie Reed was my highest rated uh, player uh, for, from Central Michigan entering the 2019 season. Did not see a lot of improvement in his game. Did not see a lot of progress. So he's basically leveled off. The guy here to keep an eye on, as you mentioned, is Paul John, the tight end, who a lot of scouts really like. 
Now, staying in the state of Michigan and moving on to the eastern portion of it, where Eastern Michigan had three conference wins in 2019, and they've also had three players drafted since 2010. The best is also the most recent defensive end, Max Crosby, someone we talked up on this podcast last year, really enjoyed a great rookie season for the Raiders and looking like a fourth round steal for Oakland, now Las Vegas. Senior guard CD Sow could make it four selections in the past six years for Eastern Michigan, has good size, played tackle before this past year, moved inside to guard. He's a powerful blocker who last year at this time, I referred to him as a dancing bear that still stands. But Tony, outside of him, not much else of note for the Eagles from a draft perspective. No, and City Show, I think, really did not show a lot of improvement off the 2019 film. I'm sorry, off the 2018 film. When we gushed about him on the show when he played tackle, he moved into guard last year. Looks a little top-heavy. That's always a concern. He's a guy that once he's engaged the block, he just destroys the opposition. Uh, But I think he's got to get in better shape. I do think he's got a good amount of upside. Someone who I have graded as a priority free agent, a lot of scouts I talk to when I speak to them about City, so they kind of shrug their shoulders and say, who? He's a guy that's got a good amount of upside. He's got NFL size. He's got NFL explosion and power. He's just got to take his game to the next level. And again, you know, like we talked about with Christian Albright from Ball State, the linebacker, if he does that, I could see City So getting an invitation to a postseason all-star game, whether it be the Shrine game, whether it be the NFL PA game, and really turning some heads there. Now, three more teams coming up for you after this update from our sponsor. Breaking news. This pubic service announcement is brought to you by our new sponsor, manscaped.com. Tony's already had himself a haircut and now you can too. And you know what? That haircut was about two and a half weeks ago. <laughs> my, my hair is getting longer than I like it. And the, uh, my manscaped uh, shaving tool is plugged in and getting charged up. I'll be out in the back with my wife who will have the uh, shaving uh, tool in the hand, hopefully shaving my head, not my jugular vein. And once I return home, I can try mine out as well. It's probably sitting in my lobby right now. But what I do know is that millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. That's good to know. So get 20% off and free shipping with our code DRAFTANALYST at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use our code D-R-A-F-T-A-N-A-L-Y-S-T-S. As always, your Nick Free Balls will thank you. Now we'll take a look at Kent State here. Just two draft picks for the Golden Flashes the last 10 years, and they were actually two third-round picks way back in 2013 and 2014, guard Brian Winters and running back Dree Archer to the Jets and Steelers, respectively. Nothing too promising on the horizon for 2021 either, although senior quarterback Dustin Crum did have a great 2019 campaign, 69.2% completion rate, 20 touchdowns, and just two interceptions in his first year as a starter. I'd be shocked if he uh, gets drafted. He's really going to have to have an off-the-charts type of year. He's not that big. He's up and down, and he's someone that, you know, again, scouts really have dismissed. Uh, More of a run-pass option type of quarterback. He's got a decent arm, but really has to elevate his game. Now, I'll quickly move on here to Miami of Ohio, the MAC East champs in 2019. The Red Hawks have had four draft selections the past decade, including second round cornerback Quentin Rollins in 2015 and third round guard Brandon Brooks in 2012. Senior right tackle Tommy Doyle got some mention from us last year, a big, strong, small area lineman. The top prospect on the roster, though, is Iowa transfer Manny Rugamba. 
a whopping 85 tackles in 2019. Very impressive number for the senior corner. He's a tough player, obviously can play the run, but pretty decent in coverage as well. Fellow senior defensive back Mike Brown, guy with strong safety size, but had three interceptions last year and returned two of them for touchdowns. So there's also some playmaking ability in Brown as well. Yeah, and it's interesting. A lot of scouts have just dismissed Brown. They don't uh, think he's NFL worthy, but at the top of his game, he's a real good player. Like you said, I think he's more of a traditional strong safety. He's got solid ball skills. Manny Ragamba, he's got excellent size, decent ball skills. One of those college cornerbacks that struggles when he's trying to make plays with his back to the ball, but he's a physical type of defensive back. Tommy Doyle, I have him graded. You mentioned, you talked about, we mentioned him a year ago. I still have him graded as a, as a uh, free agent. I will tell you this. There are some scouts that think he could be a second day pick. So this is the second player from the conference that where I disagree or I don't have him as highly rated scouts feel that this is another guy from the Mac who could potentially be a second day pick. Doyle's got tremendous size. He's strong. Uh, He's best in a small area. I just don't see the athleticism or agility that, that, that I would want anyway in a top 100 choice. Now, Northern Illinois, second in the MAC with seven NFL draft selections since 2010, and that includes 2014 first-rounder Jimmy Ward, a couple other picks on the second day as well. So it's been a very successful run here for Northern Illinois, but they're probably not going to add to that in 2021. Senior linebacker Kyle Pugh, a player we mentioned last year after he topped 100 tackles in 2018, missed most of last season with a shoulder injury. If he gets a medical redshirt, which I haven't seen anything on yet, probably the only Northern Illinois player with a shot at being a draft pick. But senior defensive tackle Jackson Heflin is worth a mention as well after he had eight and a half tackles for loss and three forced fumbles last season. Good size to play nose tackle as well. But as those numbers show, he's more than just a pure gap occupier. Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, and and Heflin goes about 315 pounds. So for a guy that is that big and – nimble enough to make plays on the ball. If he takes, if he elevates his game, I I think he could slide into the late rounds. You talked about Kyle Pugh, more of a run and chase type linebacker was unable to, uh, to advance or progress on the terrific 2018 season. He turned in because of injury last year. If he gets back to playing form and elevates his game, I could absolutely see him sliding into the late rounds. Keep an eye on Ross Bowers, the uh, Cal transfer more of a run-pass option type of quarterback, a guy who can make plays in or outside the pocket. He's got to cut, cut down on his interceptions. But, you know, what we've seen in the league is more of an acceptance of these smaller, niftier quarterbacks who uh, can get outside the pocket and throw on the move or take off up the field and run. Now we'll wrap up our look at the Max 2021 NFL Draft prospects after this quick break. Got a new puppy or want to spoil the ones you already love? Shop online at Chewy. Find food, beds, prescriptions, and more. We've got everything you need to make them happy. Plus, you get fast free shipping on orders over $49. Visit Chewy.com today. And we're back to take a look at the Ohio Bobcats, tied with Central Michigan with six NFL draft picks from 2011 on. Terrell Basham in 2017 being the highest to the Colts in round three. Really not much there, though, for next year's draft. Senior wide receiver Cameron Odom showed some promise as a sophomore at 30 catches for 418 yards and two touchdowns, but he barely cracked 200 yards receiving in 2019. Does have some tools to work with, but obviously needs to get back on track, and he's going to have to do it with a new quarterback after Nathan Rourke graduated. Yeah, you know, Ohio is one of those programs that 
they're a very competitive mid-major program that just does not produce good NFL talent. You mentioned Terrell Basham comes in the league as a third round pick, doesn't make it with the Colts. It's been up and down with the Jets, never really lived up to expectations. And you can say that about Cameron Odom. I mean, after a sophomore season, when he had some uh, big moments, had a very solid, uh, solid year, you expected much more from Cameron Odom last year, never really showed it. He's got decent size. He's got enough speed to get down the field. It's a matter of him transitioning those athletic skills into full-time football production. If he does that, he's going to hop in the conversation as a priority free agent. If he doesn't, he's going to be an afterthought. Now, Toledo is another max squad with six draft picks in that same time frame. All of those came, though, from 2017 to 2019, and that included third-rounders Kareem Hunt and Deontay Johnson, who've each made their individual marks at the NFL level. But for 2021, the Rockets' top talent is on defense, specifically the defensive line, with junior defensive end Nate Givon and redshirt sophomore defensive tackle Devin Rogers. Neither stood out statistically as first-year starters in 2019. Each is a bit undersized, but both have shown flashes of playmaking ability, as has senior cornerback Sam Womack, 15 pass breakups in 2019, but just like Gavon and Rogers, comes with size questions. Yeah, a lot of scouts like Womack. They feel he's kind of on the fringe of being a late-round pick. Uh, I'm concerned about the size. I, I think when they measure him, he's not even going to be five foot nine. Uh, so I, I think that's a strike against him. A feisty guy who could be a potential dimeback, special teams player at the next level. Jivon's a guy that shows pass rush ability. Uh, Devin Rogers is your smaller, undersized, but explosive three technique type of, type of tackle. Also got to mention Jamal Hines, uh, another underclassman like Jivon and Rogers a smaller run and chase linebacker. He's faster than Jivon. He's very explosive, not as forceful as a pass rusher, but he goes sideline to sideline and, and uh, covers a lot of area on the field. Also got to mention Bailey Flint, the punter, uh, who's well-liked in scouting circles. He's got a big-time leg. We rarely talk about kickers, especially kickers from the MAC. but you know what? One of the two players selected in April's draft was, in fact, a kicker, as Chris mentioned at the top of the show. Now, our final MAC team, Western Michigan, not quite saving the best for last, but the Broncos have put the most players into the NFL draft from the MAC this past decade with a total of nine, including a bunch from 2016 to 2018, one of whom was first round pick Corey Davis, who hasn't quite panned out just yet, had his fifth year option recently declined by the Tennessee Titans. The Broncos' 2021 talent, however, is found in the trenches. Senior offensive tackle Jalen Moore and sophomore defensive end. Andre Carter, two players with draftable grades. Now, Moore is a big boy, a two-year starter at left tackle. His biggest asset, though, is his strength as a blocker, which could make a move to either right tackle or inside the guard, most logical for him. It's unlikely we see Carter in the 2021 draft or even 2022, for that matter, but he does show some ability as a speed rusher off the edge whose future is likely going to be standing up over tackle. Yeah, you know, when I talked to scouts about Moore, they, they just kind of dismissed him. They didn't, uh, you know, they didn't think he was really uh, worthy of, of, of grading. But when I watch Moore, I think he's going to be the next big time or the next good offensive lineman, I should say, if you don't want to use the word big time, the next good offensive lineman from Western Michigan. And in recent years, they've pr- produced a number of those guys. Uh, like you said, plays left tackle at Western Michigan. It's better off at either right tackle or regard, depending on uh, what his actual height is. But he's strong. He's tough. He's a really a, 
a slug it out, punch in the mouth type of uh, offensive lineman who's solid in pass protection, gets a lot of movement run blocking. Andre Carter, as you mentioned, an undersized college defensive end uh, who gets a lot of penetration up the field. Third-year sophomore is going to have to continue to improve. Ralph Holly, when you watch the uh, Western Michigan film, you see number eight all the time on the field, penetrating the line of scrimmage, getting down the line of scrimmage and out in the flanks to make plays in space. The problem with Holly is he's barely six foot one. He's probably not even 275 pounds, so he's very scheme limited, likely as a three technique tackle. Keep an eye on Ali Fayad, the uh, senior linebacker, more of a run and chase line, uh, run and chase type of defender. And Dwayne Eskridge returns this year after uh, being injured most of last year. The sometimes receiver, sometimes cornerback, but explosive return specialist. He's going to be a, a guy to keep an eye on. And that's it for the 140th episode of the Draft Analyst, presented by the Believe Sports Podcast Network. Do you believe? If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe on any of the major podcast platforms and leave us a rating and a review. And feel free to ask us questions on Twitter that we'd be happy to answer on the show. We'll be back next week to break down the American Athletic Conference. But in the meantime, on behalf of Tony Pauline, I'm Chris Tripodi. Good night. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.